Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. From our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Alike Okunpawale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner. Darren Pritchett. Good evening, everyone. Budweiser's weekday sports beat is on the air for this Thursday, August the 17th of 2023. We're coming to you live on 960 AM, streaming live at WSBTradio.com, our free WSBT radio app. The cameras are operational in studio, so the Twitch app. Hello, friends. Good to have you watching us in studio. Watching us is in reference to me and my co-host once again for the 5 o'clock hour today. He is Eric Hansen, the publisher, editor, writer at InsideIndieSports.com. You can check out his articles right now. Listen to the show and read his chat today with all the Irish fans. You can read that chat at InsideIndieSports.com. Well, good to see you once again. And we are now, hold on, I might as well do it the official way. How many days are we away? When you go on the calendar, how many times <laughs> do you actually have to count? Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. Now it's official. All We're right. all good. Nine days until the season opener, Notre Dame and Navy. Again, a reminder, 2.30 kickoff South Bend time. It'll be 7.30 under the lights in Dublin, Ireland. And... InsideIndieSports.com. We'll have Tyler James in attendance in Ireland. He will be sampling the culture and enjoying some football over there in Dublin, which I'm looking forward to seeing how all that works with reporting and then packing your bags and you have to fly over an ocean. I mean, that's not your normal football trip. 
It's not. And I do enjoy the countdown to the season. Once we get down to single digits, you know, people start counting when it's like 93 days. And it's like, <laughs> seriously, why not just start at 364 then? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I might take you up on that. I might just spite you and I'll just start that next year. All right. 509 at WSBT. No surprise, Eric and I are going to be talking Notre Dame football. We're going to put Eric under the spotlight coming up at 530. And we are going to have him pick the Irish games, win or lose. Are you prepared for that venture? I'm sure you've already done it. I mean, in my mind, because I've come up with a number of wins and losses. So I have to attach them to those games. Games, those teams. You sound like a lawyer. You have a number in mind. Yeah, I have a number in mind. Okay, very good. We'll get to that in a few moments. We've got our Twitter question of the day, and we're kicking off a brand new segment on the program at six o'clock. Someone I've gotten to know because they're a diehard Notre Dame fan. He direct messaged me, like, hey, what's going on with this? What's going on with that? Tim Murray, who is a host on the VEASAN network, which is a Vegas sports wagering network you might get on YouTube TV or vison.com you can listen to their shows it's all about sports wagering and he hosts the primetime show starting at six o'clock eastern with sean king the former tulane quarterback who almost won the heisman trophy you might have voted for sean king back in the day i don't think i did no i would have remembered that <laughs> okay well he was in the top three i want to say one year okay. remember when tulane went undefeated it might have been when bowden was there and they were on oh no am i thinking of didn't he go to Didn't he go to Tulane for a short time, Bobby Bowden's son? I don't remember. I'll get back to you on that. But okay. anyway, but Tim's going to join me every Thursday. Right I, every, I might have voted for Tim. Well, he was a Division three basketball player. Okay, so maybe you did. I voted for Quentin Nelson on my ballot when he was third, and I was begging you yes. to do that, but you didn't need my begging. Okay, I thought he deserved it. He was one of the best players in the yeah. country, regardless of position. Agreed. And Quentin probably still won't hug you, but <laughs> I'm sure he's appreciative of your vote, to say the least. His dad was. Yeah, that's true. Dan, yeah. Dan was a good guy. Good, yeah. good guy. All right, we will talk to Tim Murray from Beeson about the Irish. I wanted to open the microphones to him today. He's such a diehard fan, goes to games Want to get his thoughts on the season, his thoughts on Marcus Freeman and Sam Hartman. And we'll get into more sports wagering talk next week. We'll break down Notre Dame Navy. So every Thursday, right around 6 o'clock, Tim's going to join the program, and I'm really looking forward to that. But right now, hat trick of opening topics, three topics to get the program started, and we begin with this. We'll go offense and defense. What is left... Eric, for you to see with game week approaching. So what are you still kind of hoping to see, hear about over the next nine days before the season opener? So what's left for you on the offensive side of the football? Well, at this point, it will be hear about because our last practice we were allowed in was yesterday. Yep. And so we got our final thing. So what I want to see from the offense, I think just more of – a smoother operation with the offense where um, they have that they can come at you and overwhelm you with their versatility and um, their quick strike capability. I think we've seen it in stretches. We just haven't seen what we saw like in the blue gold game where it was just kind of overwhelming where Sam Hartman just went, 
okay, people were like, why was there a quarterback competition here? I mean, but that wasn't how it was like all spring. And I think that's kind of what they're trying to build up to going into the season. You know, they pretty much decided who the personnel are going to be. Um, So really the offensive line, how quickly they gel, Darren, is going to determine a lot of how well this offense plays early in the season. And Navy will test them. Navy will blitz them. Navy will uh, put extra players in the box and try to stop the run and dare Sam Hartman to pass deep. And my goodness, Notre Dame has a quarterback who can do that finally. (laughs) That's right. And if they need to, they will leap over an offensive player (laughs) to get to the quarterback. (laughs) Unfortunately, as we found out. Do you remember that guy's name? I think it was Ram Vila that That's jumped, exactly jumped right. at uh, Evan Sharpley. He we still love that. Evan. Evan's still we my guy. Evan. Yeah. Evan's still my second favorite quarterback of all time, and he knows that. All right, so now on the defensive line, game week approaching. What do you need to hear about? Rewatch on video, whatever the case may be on the defensive side of the football. I mean, obviously they've a lot of the things we think they're going to do are things they haven't shown the media. I mean, maybe in very small snippets. Like, I mean, they even went yesterday's practice. They even took the Vipers and the Rovers indoors while we were outdoors watching everybody else. And I wouldn't have known they were in there had I not been looking for Jack Kaiser, wondering if he was at practice. Yeah. And then I went, oh, they're doing something secret in here with these two position groups. Um, But I think we'll see a lot of wrinkles. The thing about it is, is it going to play out the way they think it is? For example, a lot of times there's a lot of enthusiasm for some changes in, you know, I mean, how many times have they said, you know what, we're not really sure about this scheme, you know? People are always pretty enthusiastic. In execution, is it going to be as good as it was um, in in theory? And that's kind of what we want to see and need to see. But I'll say the, the snippets we've gotten, the kind of the vanilla version of this, looks pretty good. I mean, that we're talking about the front seven in a positive way is an incredible leap from where I thought we'd be back in early March, you know, to get to this point, I thought we'd be wondering louder about the pass rush and wondering yeah. more about stopping the run. I agree. And now I'm thinking, okay. And there's lots of depth there too. I don't have a crystal ball, but there is no way this year's red zone defense will be worse than last year. It was Titanic esque last year. They couldn't stop anybody in the red zone. Well, Al Golden felt like a guy that was on an improv stage last year. The, getting there late and, yep. and just kind of surviving. He was surviving. He wasn't thriving. Yep. And he was able to really kind of dig in this year and talk to people and research things and really say, okay, here's what we need to do. And then he had the players who knew enough of last year's mm-hmm. scheme to kind of execute it. So. Um, it's that's going to be the fascinating side. I'm sure people are looking forward to offensive pyrotechnics from <laughs> Sam Hartman and so, so forth. But I think the defense is where the unexpected is going to likely happen. You always have your five variables to be a playoff team. 
mm-hmm. and stopping the runs always one of them. Yes. And I really need to see one of these years Notre Dame come out and just stuff people. That's That's right. been a missing link. They've been good. Right. Better than average at times, but they've never been elite great in that particular category. Right. They were 36 last year, which is a pretty good number, but they couldn't stop it when they needed, needed to. to. And there were, you know, again – Caleb Williams running around on them. I mean, that was that game was there for the taking for them. USC's defense wasn't very good, and they just could not contain him. I mean, a lot of teams couldn't, but then you see Utah do it the next week, and I know he got injured at one point in that game, but they were doing it when he was yep. healthy. Eric Hansen, Darren Pritchett, Sportsbeat on WSBT Radio. Our second opening topic. Let's talk recruiting for a second. I know it's not something you focus on day in and day out. You're more on now with this football team, but I know you follow it. Of course, InsideIndieSports.com covers it thoroughly. What are your general thoughts on the 2024 Notre Dame recruiting class highlighted by the four-star quarterback, C.J. Carr? Yeah, I think what happens is when people commit that early, like, C.J. Carr, who's the number 22 player in the country and is the highest four-star. I mean, they're just waiting to see. I think rivals guys are waiting to see what he does this senior season before giving him the fifth star. And Cam Williams, who's a top 50 player wide receiver out of Chicago, who's ridiculous, has height and speed. Um, you know, they you kind of take them for granted because they commit early. Oh, well, you know. And then you worry about, you know, a three-star this or that down the stretch. Oh, can we beat so-and-so for him? Um, So, overall, I'd say this is a pretty solid class. I mean, they're ranked in the top five now. There are teams that will close hard and strong. Notre Dame doesn't have a a lot left on its board to add. And and the way the ratings work is you only rate the top 20 players. So, if you have a class of 27 versus a class of 21, you don't get bonus points for having a bigger <laughs> class. They they want to really measure the quality. Um, and and there, are, there, there are prospects out there that could raise that profile a little bit. Gerby uh, Lambert. Gerby Lambert is the guy that they need to get. I think, you know, elite offensive lineman, they need to add that to this class. And then... Uh, you know, Davis Andrews is a safety that they're going to get a commitment from, I think, probably the weekend Notre Dame plays Ohio State. But he's really a 2026 recruit in that he's going to take his Mormon mission right out of the gate uh, before he even starts his college career. So you're not going to see him for a couple of years. So then it really comes down to can you flip somebody? And the two guys that they feel like they have a chance to flip during the season – and, you know, the odds are better off that they won't than that they will. But Justin Scott, the defensive tackle from Chicago that, who's committed to Ohio State, and then Caleb Beasley, a cornerback yeah. who's committed to Tennessee. So those are the two guys. And if they were able to get one of those two guys, then I think you're starting to get from solid to, you know, wow. Because really, Carr and Williams, people are just taking them for granted. And um, Kingston... Viliamu Asa was a huge oh, pickup, the linebacker him. from uh, California. So that was a big one that they needed to get this summer, and they were able to pick it up. I mean, they don't have a great edge guy in this class, although they lost the great edge guy last year um, during the season. 
so to to a decommitment. They lost a five-star safety to decommitment. I don't think they're going to have those down the stretch. I think they feel pretty good about how solid the guys are in the class. So, uh, but, you know, you don't have that great edge guy. I mean, Bryant Young's son, Bryce, could turn into that. I mean, he's a kind of a breathtaking athlete who's just kind of finding his his traction as a really good football player. So he's an ascending player, but he's not there now. I mean, he's not a five-star. Could he be at some point? Yeah, he could be, but he's not there at this point. Could he grow into being an interior defensive lineman? He, he could. Okay. He could. He's he's six foot five and pretty filled out. He's but, got the jeans. But he's got <laughs> and his dad was inside, was tall and thick and twitchy, and he could be that too. I mean, his best football is ahead of him. You just don't know, okay, where where is that gonna lead to? All right, final topic for this opening segment. Who are the top five offenses? that Notre Dame will face in 2023. You just talked about the defense and some of the tweaking, and we're kind of curious to see what it's going to look like this year. So let's talk about the five best offenses Notre Dame will face on their regular season schedule. And how about we go five to one, and we'll begin with number five. So let me preface it by saying we talked yesterday there were six defenses that were in the top 31 last year in total defense. There are three offenses that were in the top 40 last year. Okay. Two in the top hmm. 10. The other one that was above 40, their quarterback plays for Notre Dame now. <laughs> yeah, Wake Forest. So, oops. I, I'm not sure that, that that will replicate itself. But and, and there's some offenses that were really bad last year. Stanford, Tennessee oh. State. Navy was bad last year, even though they gave Notre Dame a game. NC State was 104th, Central Michigan. Oof. So we're going to start out with Louisville. And Louisville was 48th in the country in total offense last year. I think Coach Brom is going to jazz up that offense. They had some good personnel on their team. They are just very inconsistent last year. I think they'll be a better offensive team. It's so hard with these teams with so many new transfers. And, and sometimes they're very good in September and then they kind of fade uh, because there's not the chemistry, but they have the older players that, that you know, can pick things up quickly, but sometimes as a team they're not cohesive. I think it's fascinating that Satterfield was all about running the football mm-hmm. at Louisville. Now Jeff Brom is probably going to be the total opposite, and he brings Jack Plummer who he had at Purdue, and who Notre Dame faced at not only Purdue, but California. So he's well scouted by the Fighting Irish defense. I mean, he's an adequate player. I don't think he scares you, but Louisville was such a a good running football team, 200 yards per game. Now they're probably going to look a whole lot different. Remember the last time Notre Dame faced Purdue? They threw like 60 passes and all of them within five yards of the line of scrimmage. It was the classic dink and dunk, and maybe Plummer will do it again. Who knows? All right, so Louisville 5, let's move along to, wait, let me make the sound effect happen. Number 4. Okay, and one last thing to add on Louisville. They were terrible about turning the ball over. They turned the ball over a ton on offense, 116th in turnovers. Um, Number 4, I'm going with Duke and Riley Leonard, their quarterback. I think he's one of the better quarterbacks in Notre Dame. We'll see. 
Duke was 43rd in total offense, 31st in scoring offense. Lean more to the run than the pass, but they were fairly balanced. Really good at taking care of the football. Fifth in the country in turnovers lost. Hmm. Um, where they weren't very good was in the red zone, but they were good moving the ball between the 20s. They get field goals instead of touchdowns sometimes, but I like the Duke Blue Devils. All right. I voted them in the top 25, even though I only get 16 spots in the Super 16 poll. I make a top 25 okay. just to keep myself in that mindset. Well, you've heard of the AP poll. Yeah. Well, tomorrow the DP poll is coming out. All right. Yes. When you do the show by yourself, you have to just have your own poll. So I've got my preseason top 25 tomorrow, and I have Notre Dame ranked higher than the AP and the coaches poll. I do as well okay. in the uh, Football Writers and National Football Foundation Super 16. I had them 10th. That's a long title. It is. So what we just say is FWAA hyphen NFL. But that's still long. That is very, very long. We Let's just call it the Super 16. We'll just call it Eric's got his top 25 right there, here, brother. There's some, there some characters on the panel, too. Chris Zorich is on it. Oh, really? Lou Holtz and Mark May. Oh, cheap buyers. That brings back bad memories. Yeah. Oh. So. Those were some long Saturdays waiting for your game to come on with Lou and Mark. I was not a fan. All right. Top five offenses Notre Dame will face this year. Number three. I went with Clemson here. Uh, I think they've upgraded at quarterback. Will Shipley's a really good running back slash pass catcher. Um I just think Clemson will gel a little bit more offensively. Mm -hmm. They were 47th in the country in total offense last year. Turned the ball over a ton. They were 103rd in turnovers lost. Very good red zone team. When you look at their pass efficiency number, you go, aha, 72nd, <laughs> and that really dragged them down. So I expect them to be better, but nowhere in the same stratosphere as the top two. We all talk about how Notre Dame has five running backs that you can play. I don't know how deep Clemson and Ohio State are, but their top two are as good as anybody in the country. So Clemson's number three. How about number two? I can't figure out who's going to be one, Ohio State or USC. Well, two is Ohio State based on the quarterback. If C.J. Stroud were back, cool. I would probably put them at number one just because of the wide receivers. They have better wide receivers than USC. They have running backs. They, I mean – USC has Caleb Williams, but Ohio State has everything. But we we assume they're going to have a good quarterback, but we're not sure how good that quarterback's going to be this year. And he's he's not going to be as good as C.J. Stroud was last year. I don't think that guy is on their roster at this moment. The one thing about being Ohio State's quarterback, based on Ryan Day's system, there's a lot of people to get wide open that you have to throw to. It's incredible. All right, so number one, USC number one. with Caleb Williams. And and they were remarkable, Darren, because they stayed at number one out of the shoot all year in turnovers lost. They they turned the ball over fewest of anybody. Given all the you know ad-libbing he does and the running around and the broken routes and the broken plays, for them to be number one, you wonder, okay, can they do that again or was some of that luck? They were second and third down conversions. I mean, they were so good in so many phases. Third in pass efficiency, third in scoring, third in total offense, third in passing yards. They weren't as good with 
the running game. They were 52nd, but it was good enough. So USC is number one for me. Okay, there you go. Our hat trick of opening topics. And this is just Eric's warm-up because you have a YouTube show tonight. We do. Football Never Sleeps on YouTube if you want to watch live at 8 o'clock. Heckle us, compliment us, ask us questions. You can do that while the live show or you can watch the replay. And um, we do that too. Football Never Sleeps. And that's on the YouTube channel for? Uh, ND, uh, inside ND Sports. I almost said the old one. Inside <laughs> ND Sports, uh, the YouTube channel. But just type in Football Never Sleeps okay. in the YouTube search bar and it'll pop right up. Football Never Sleeps in the YouTube bar. And you'll see Eric live in the flesh With tonight. With a brown Eight shirt o'clock. on. That's as right. long as I don't spill on it you're, between You're not going to change? Not Unless I spill on it between now and when we go on the air. Well, the shrimp bar is right over there to your right, so just don't get any of the cocktail sauce on you. All right, we'll take a timeout. Last week when I was with Allison Hayes on the program, we went through the Notre Dame schedule, win or lose. So I'll go ahead and pick again just because we're going through the process with Eric this time. So Mr. Is Allison going to heckle me? She might phone in, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, who knows? Who knows what could happen? But she went 9-3. and three. She would be so polite if she were heckling, though. She'd say, excuse me, you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but I like you. <laughs> she is very polite, yes. very nice person. Yes, indeed. And knows her football. Yes, indeed. So, we'll have you pick win or loss for each Irish game. I've been 9 and 3 all off season, but I went to 10 and 2 all of a sudden. Okay. So I'll just pick along for fun. We'll do that next on WSBT. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Highlight reel one by Williams. Down the sideline Williams. Chase by Gamble. 20 your host, Darren Pritchett. And I'm joined by my co-host for this hour, Eric Hansen, publisher, editor, writer at InsideIndieSports.com. Check out the website right now while we broadcast here on WSBT Radio, WSBTRadio.com, on the WSBT Radio app, and on the Twitch app, which features a video feed of the studio. It is time to pick the Irish schedule. Will they win? Will they lose? Let's give it a shot. And away we go. And we start in nine days. The Fighting Irish will take on the United States Naval Academy. New head coach. New offensive coordinator. Will it be the same old midshipman? <laughs> Maybe not. There might be some tweaks to that offense. Notre Dame favored by three touchdowns, Mr. Hansen. We aren't going to be surprised, are we? We're not going to be surprised. Um, although I was surprised to find that the new offensive coordinator, Grant Chestnut, is spelled without two T's. It's one T. There's not the T in the middle. Ooh. It's Chestnut, not okay. Chestnut. Um, anyways, I think Notre Dame has the team to handle Navy, and I think they have the hard lesson of not adjusting to Navy in the second half, thinking they could just coast with a 22-point lead. 
and <laughs> they were not ready for Navy's adjustments. So Goodness. I think that's a win for me in Dublin. It's a win for me. Not sure ATS I'm on Notre Dame's side, but straight up, I think the Irish win, not sure by 20. When they go to Dublin, they've handled Navy easily both times, but this defense is pretty good for Navy up front, so I'm I'm going to respect that, but Notre Dame wins. Then for the first time, it's history. They take on an FCS school. It is Tennessee State coming to Notre Dame Stadium. This shouldn't take long. Yeah, that's a win, although, you know, we all remember when Notre Dame came back from Dublin in 2012, they played a pretty mediocre Purdue team and almost lost that game. Tommy Reese came in in a tie game. Yes. In Everett Golson's first home start and got booed and then moved Notre Dame into field goal range thanks to Robbie Toma. And Notre Dame won 20 to 17, but it was tough. I think Notre Dame has done a lot more. Somebody asked me in chat, and I didn't have the back end strategy, but going in, how they're getting to Dublin, you know, kind of flying overnight rather than, you know, because going that way, the jet lag is usually worse than coming back this way. Um, But I think they've really looked into this a lot better in terms of minimizing the effects of that. Brian Kelly went to Tommy Reese because he knew the two-minute drill better than ever Golson. I remember that was the reason he gave. True and or he not? Just, he just wanted to see if the crowd would boo <laughs> Tommy Reese up. more than they booed Brian. It prepared Tommy for being offensive coordinator years <laughs> later. <laughs> All right. No wonder he got so angry at Drew Pine. All those moments... <laughs> Uh, seriously. All right. Irish at NC State, September 9th. The Irish are 2-0 and going to Raleigh. Yeah, I think, you know, that'll be the first big defensive test. There's some history with Sam Hartman with turnovers against NC State. They've been good at coaxing turnovers. He still put up points against them in a lot of those matchups there were division teams, so they played every year. Um, and then... Brennan Armstrong being the quarterback with reunited with his mm-hmm. old Virginia offensive coordinator when he was successful, not with the guy that he had last year where he just kind of fell off the edge. Um, that could certainly revive their offense and make them a tougher team. So I do think that's a difficult game, but I do think it's a win. Nailbiter. Irish sneak out the victory. Correct. We both have the Irish 3-0 coming home to take on the Chippewas of Central Michigan September 16th. They used like 42 quarterbacks last year, and it didn't help. Well, the Chippewas of Central Michigan were scheduled because Brian Kelly coached there at one point, and he wanted to kind of do them a little bit of a favor. Well, he's not there to play them, Uh, so Marcus Freeman will play them, and I think Notre Dame will play them well, and that'll be a nice kind of transition game between a road game at NC State and the Ohio State Buckeyes coming to town for a night game on September 23rd. This will be a snoozer for the fans, but that's okay. You can save all that energy for the next week when the Ohio State University Buckeyes and probably a lot of their fans invade Notre Dame Stadium. It's going to be the Clark Griswold game. The Scarlet of Ohio State and the Green of Notre Dame. It's a Christmas theme. Oh, okay. That's why it's the Griswold family Christmas game. Well, you know, I will give you a little bit 
interesting sidelight uh -oh. there is, you know, well, I went to Ohio State. Yes, sir. I have a lot of friends that are big Ohio State fans and family and so forth. And some of the most Buckeye fans of all time are included in that. And they are they have given up on getting tickets. Hmm. Uh, they were not able to secure tickets. And these are people that, like, when Ohio State and Notre Dame played in the 90s, I stayed at their house. You know, and I walk into their son's room, and it's it's pitch black, and I go to sleep, and I wake up in the morning. I thought I had died and woke up in Woody Hayes' heaven. <laughs> Everything in that room was scarlet and gray, and the kid was like seven at the time. And I'm thinking, um, you know, these people can't get tickets. They would go to the end of the earth to get tickets. They dip into the 401K then. They would dip into okay. the 401K to get tickets. So I don't know if it's going to be a scarlet. Okay. Um, there's there's crazier fans than them, but they're 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 there as far as that. So that's interesting. Okay. Um, I think Notre Dame plays a really good game and I think loses to Ohio State. I think Ohio State's just more complete at this point. Notre Dame will still be kind of finding its way in terms of its identity and, you know, building and what works and what doesn't work. If Ohio State had Sam Hartman, they'd be number one in the country. Yeah. That's the, the question I mean, mark. Quarterback. N Notre Dame will have the better quarterback, I think, that day, but not at some of the other positions. I've got the Irish falling to the Buckeyes as well, so we both have Notre Dame 4-1 and one going to Raleigh to take on Mike Elko's Duke Blue Devils led by a heck of a quarterback in Riley Leonard. And so that's going to be a difficult game. I mean, if you wanted a second trap game, that would be it, uh, with NC State being the first one. Because whatever they do against Ohio State, they got to pick it up and yeah. play a difficult game against Duke. And, you know, most people think, well, as long as you're not playing Duke in the Quiz Bowl, it's going to be, you know, probably a pretty pretty easy way to go and and i don't think it'll be an easy game i think that'll be a tight game it'll be a tight game going to the fourth quarter i think notre dame wins as well so now we move along to at louisville yeah by the, by that time all the blind date elements of louisville be gone we'll know what jeff brahms louisville cardinals are are about we'll know a lot about all those newcomers the the um half the roster of newcomers coming through the transfer portal I think they'll be a good team. I think Notre Dame will handle it. I don't think that's a an overwhelmingly hostile atmosphere. I remember the last time Notre Dame played down there. Besides Carter Carl's getting gas station pizza on the way home, the thing that stood out to me was there were a lot of Notre Dame fans that found their way into the stadium that day. So I think um, I think Notre Dame will win the Louisville game. Okay, I've got the Irish winning as well, which then leads us to. Ah, oh, yes, the USC Trojans coming to Notre Dame Stadium. What happens when the Irish and the Trojans get together? They have not won here in 12 years. So, um, this was a difficult pick for me. It, and I think Notre Dame will be better against USC than they were against Ohio State. I just have a feeling that USC is going to win that game, that they're going to find a way to win it with Caleb Williams. I don't think they will have that answer. Yeah, cut the music. Unfortunately, I've got USC winning as well. After a bye, October 28th, Phil? Phil Jerkovic in Pittsburgh comes to Notre Dame Stadium. 
So it'll be interesting to see if Phil Jakovic rebuilds his resume a little bit with, again, he's in the same situation with Brennan Armstrong, a former uh, offensive coordinator at Boston College that he did have success with, is now at Pittsburgh. Um, I think Pittsburgh will have a pretty good defense. I think Notre Dame will still win that game and maybe win it more convincingly than we think. All right, we got to move it along here a little bit. I've got Notre Dame beating Pittsburgh, which leads to the Irish going to Death Valley to take on the Clemson Tigers. No hurricane. I am predicting Notre Dame will clean out the smoking pig of yes. all their brisket yes. and upset Clemson on the road. I have the same thing. Notre Dame winning over Clemson. Then the Fighting Irish will take on, let's see, my page cut off here. Is it BYU? That's what you got. All right. All right, let's go with it. That's not right, is it? That's not right. No, I don't know where I got that from. Hold on. We'll get that squared away. How in the world did I get the schedule wrong after months of looking at it? It is Wake Forest after Clemson. I don't know how BYU even got on my page. It's Wake Forest and Stanford to wrap up the year. My apologies. I threw you a curveball. I, I think what you have, there's a bye week, and you put BYU instead That's of what it was, the yeah. old... Uh, I think they will beat by... Spell check got me. I think they'll beat by, and then... <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. Spell check nailed me. And, and I think Wake Forest <laughs> will be pretty, pretty, um, pretty wound up to play Sam Hartman and so forth, but I think he takes care of business. At that point, I think Notre Dame is going to be a pretty good team. I think they're going to reflect where I put them in my Super 16 poll, which was number 10. All right. They beat Wake Forest, and then the win at Stanford, you can finish off Stanford while I try to figure out my spell check. Okay. They <laughs> they God. beat Stanford. They will not have the repeat of a, a really – that was, I thought, Tommy Reese's worst game as offensive coordinator at Notre Dame was the Stanford. Oof. Yeah. He had some very good games. That one was really bad. That no was a doubt. clunker. No doubt. All right, so you have the Irish with a record of 10-2. and two. I do. That's what I have as well. All right. We'll see what happens. We might be changing as the season goes on, but... Are we allowed to do that? Oh, why not? It's our show. We can do whatever we want, right? Okay. We can change a bye to BYU, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I looked at that. I'm, I'm like, when I'm did looking BYU at it and I'm go like, on the schedule? Well, I didn't predict... <laughs> I didn't have a prediction for a BYU on the schedule this year. Like, I haven't researched BYU. Why are they all of a sudden on the schedule? BYU, bye. Same thing. Yeah, play me. BYU's a bye, right? Yeah. Not uh, usually, but. All right. I need to take a break, and we'll come back with our Twitter question of the day next on WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960. WSBT. Twitter question of the day from Wednesday. Which starting quarterback is going to have the most passing and rushing touchdowns combined during the regular season? Three choices Notre Dame quarterback Sam Hartman in 12 games, Bears quarterback Justin Fields in 17 games, Colts quarterback Anthony Richardson in 17 games. Yesterday, my co host Eric Hansen picked. Justin Fields as the definitive answer. Forever. That's right. And he was in the majority. 48.9% went with Fields. 42.6% said Sam Hartman. And the rookie, Anthony Richardson from Indianapolis, 8.5%.
We thank you for voting. And now today, what needs to happen for Notre Dame to have a successful season, in your opinion? The four choices, make the playoffs, make a New Year's Six Bowl game, make just an ordinary bowl game, or just simply be better than 2022. Okay, the worst one on there is just make an ordinary bowl game because all you have to do is get six wins. I'll say make the New Year's Six game. But they really, with Sam Hartman, you'd love to see them make the playoff because there's a huge opportunity there. Next year, they're in. They'd be in. 12 teams. Oh, yeah. 12 teams, yes. Four. Gets a little more dicey. We'd love for you to vote. Find my Twitter or X account (laughs) at 960-SPORTSBEAT results tomorrow. And as we wrap up this hour, how about a real quick look at what's coming up at InsideIndieSports.com. Well, I have my chat transcript from today. We had a great live chat today. Um, We have our Football Never Sleep show tonight. Uh, Charleston Bowles has a great feature on Kim Hart. Lots of recruiting stuff like who's next in the tight end in 2025 with Nate Roberts having decommitted. And much, much more. And that's always the best. The much, much more. Well, good to be with you this week, and we get to talk Notre Dame football during a game week next Wednesday and Thursday. I can't wait. Let's do it. We'll talk to you then. Have a good weekend. That is Eric Hansen. Read his work right now at InsideIndieSports.com. And don't forget tonight at 8 o'clock, football never sleeps on YouTube. That's right. Be there. Aloha. All right. Quick timeout, sports update, and then Tim Murray from VEASAN talks Notre Dame football and sports wagering next on WSBT South Bend. No question, Notre Dame game day is the gold standard for college football fans across the country. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.